The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Santola from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm joined by my colleague, Sean Caucus, and today we're going to talk about inflation pressures finally beginning to fade and how to consider positioning your portfolio for the next 12 months given the evolving backdrop. Earlier in the year, we'd seen investors adding inflation to their portfolio in a variety of ways, um, including reducing fixed income duration, adding tips, building out commodity exposure. But Sean, you and I expanded on this concept of hedging against inflation about a year ago um, by developing a framework that would evaluate a portfolio's equity sleeve. Why don't you give a bit of background on the concept and how we approached it? Thanks, Mark. I'd love to. As you mentioned, there are commonly known go-to strategies to help protect against inflation in a multi-asset class portfolio unrelated to equities. With this exercise, we've focused on the equity space, just the equity space. We began with the question, which industries tend to perform the best when inflation is running hotter than expectations for an extended period of time? So we pulled 20 years of historical performance for all 65 S&P 1500 industries and calculated the average risk-adjusted return across five periods or regimes where inflation prints were coming in higher than expectations. And we used the City Inflation Surprise Index as a key input for determining when these regimes of high inflation were occurring. We also took a number of other things into account. We looked at the consistency of the industry's risk-adjusted returns, And we also looked at historical valuations for each industry, as higher valuation industries tend to be at higher risk when inflation is running high. With these inputs, we came up with inflation scores. The industries with high scores would be expected to outperform in a period of unexpectedly high inflation, and and the industries with low scores would be expected to outperform in periods of unexpectedly low inflation. And I'll share a few examples from each end of the scoring spectrum. REITs, oil and gas and metals and mining are three of the highest scoring industries, and semiconductors, wireless telecom, and autos are three of the lowest scoring industries. And you can take these industry scores and use them to score investment products. Products that have larger allocations to higher scoring industries and smaller allocations to lower scoring industries will have higher scores and vice versa. These product scores can then be rolled up to the portfolio equity sleeve, giving you an equity sleeve inflation score. It turns out that there's a variety of ways that you can apply this framework to portfolio management. Mark, will you walk through some of these applications? Yeah, first there's tactical portfolio positioning. And depending on your outlook for inflation, adding to or reducing inflation protection can drive out performance if your call is correct. Um, But there's also manager selection. Tactically allocating to specific funds within a category can give you the inflation tilt you're seeking, as well as diversifying your manager pairings within a category. So, for example, you could combine a strategy that is likely to outperform when inflation pressure is rising alongside a strategy more likely to outperform when inflation pressure is fading, and then better diversify your active risk. And our third use case is a market signal. The market has a way of signaling expectations for the economic outlook, and monitoring performance differences across industries is a way to pick up on these signals. So we created two reference portfolios, one made up of the industries that were outperforming in high inflation periods, the other made up of industries that historically outperformed in low or disinflationary periods. Looking at the relative performance between these two portfolios can signal to us whether inflation is set to roll over. And this relative performance of the inflation hedging versus the inflation fading baskets is something our investment committee looks at on a weekly basis. I think it's important to highlight we built these out at the end of last year, so we've had a great opportunity to monitor their performance um, this year in an out-of-sample period. 
Yeah, I agree. It's been a great validation exercise. So this year, the inflation hedge basket has outperformed the inflation fade basket by double digits, with the performance gap growing as wide as nearly 20% midway through the year. So what drove the outperformance of the inflation hedge basket? Well, the contributions were pretty broad-based. 12 of the 14 industries included in the basket outperformed the inflation fade basket. And you had more cyclical industries like oil and gas and energy equipment and services as two of the largest contributors to performance. But you also had some defensive industries like food products and tobacco driving a good chunk of the outperformance as well. And from the inflation fade basket perspective, information technology industries like semiconductors and media, and consumer discretionary industries like autos and household durables were large detractors. So while the inflation hedge basket has outperformed meaningfully this year, we've started to see the inflation fading basket outperform more recently. So to me now the question becomes, is there a fundamental reason to believe that inflation is poised to roll over in the coming months and quarters? Sean, you've done some digging into the core CPI prints to better understand the drivers of recent inflation and help us answer this question. And this turned out to be time well spent. There were several interesting takeaways that I think we should walk through. I'll hit on the first few. First, it's important to remember how the CPI basket is constructed. The CPI components can be broken out into broad goods and broad services. Goods account for roughly 25% of core CPI, while services account for the remaining 75%. Second, there are just a handful or so line items driving a bulk of the above pre-COVID levels of inflation. There are 14 broad line items in core CPI. Just six of these line items are driving over 80% of above pre-COVID trend core CPI. The next takeaway was that in order to see meaningful normalization back to pre-COVID levels of inflation, we need to see outright deflation in goods. After seeing core goods prices remain flat from the beginning of 2017 to the end of 2019, we've seen prices skyrocket up 16% since the pandemic. And like we said before, it's been a few key line items driving this. Used cars and trucks is a good example. Pre-COVID, we saw no inflation with this line item. In fact, there was very slight deflation here. But since COVID, we've seen prices increase over 50%. Supply chain disruptions from COVID caused a major shortage in new cars, which pushed buyers to the used car market, rental car companies in particular. With supply chains showing improvement, rental car fleets largely rebuilt, and massive new car inventory building at manufacturers, we think it's reasonable to expect significant deflation in used cars and trucks over the next year. This is just one example, but this line item alone can make a major difference at the overall CPI basket level. Shelter is always a pretty important component to CPI. What can you tell us about that? As I mentioned before, services make up over 75% of core CPI, the largest component of that being shelter. Shelter disinflation is a must if we expect meaningful progress with core CPI over the next year. There are significant lagged effects in how these prices are tracked. CPI reflects what the average person is currently paying for rent, not the prevailing market rate. It's very common for renters to be locked in at rates for at least a year, so it takes time for the average rent being paid to catch up with the prevailing market rate. Therefore, what we've seen in 2022 is CPI catching up to market rates that skyrocketed in 2021. Extending this logic to 2023, CPI should reflect a much slower pace of growth in the market rates in 2022. If we don't see normalization there, it's going to be very difficult to make meaningful progress back to pre-COVID levels of inflation. And I'll hit on one last takeaway that we're not hearing many talk about. 
CPI is not a perfect measure, and the methodology for specific line items can have a major impact. Health insurance is one interesting example. I'll do my best to explain. Health insurance costs are a function of prices and utilization, and it's calculated annually in September or October each year based on the prior year's change in retained earnings for health insurers. Higher retained earnings translates to lower health insurance costs and vice versa. In 2021, we saw a massive increase in health insurance utilization as the pandemic faded, and thus a decline in retained earnings. This decline in retained earnings was then translated to a large increase in the health insurance line item of CPI for most of 2022. And if you dig into the October CPI print that was just released, you'll see that normalization in retained earnings has caused the health insurance inflation to flip back into negative territory, and this deflation will persist for the next year. To put some actual numbers around it, this line item flips from a 28% increase in health insurance costs over the past year to a 39% decline in health insurance costs over the next year. At just a 1% weight within the CPI basket, it's estimated that this will have a 70 to 80 basis point drag on core CPI over the next year. So you've put together a number of assumptions addressing some of the key CPI components. Goods deflation, shelter normalization, now removing the drag coming from the healthcare methodology. What does that get you for core CPI at this time next year? Even on the conservative side, we would be looking at a core CPI print of 3 to 3.5% in my mind. And if you get any sort of normalization in the remaining line items, we're looking at a sub 3% annual print potentially. And we think this could be a major catalyst for the markets as a number of survey-based measures that we look at show inflation expectations for the next year in the 4 to 5% range. And looking at some data prepared by the Minneapolis Fed, it's clear that the market has not only priced in higher inflation over the past year or two, but also higher uncertainty around the baseline expectation for inflation. So it seems like the path toward normalization, as you described it, would not only lead to lower inflation prints, but maybe greater confidence around the range of potential outcomes. So let's try to tie this back to the inflation framework we began today's discussion with. For someone who wants to position their portfolio for fading inflation, two obvious moves that are to extend duration, peel back any inflation hedges like commodities and tips. But when it comes to the equity sleeve, there are some adjustments that we think should be on your radar. The value growth tilt in your portfolio matters. Uh, Value strategies tended to fare better on the inflation hedging framework, and now growth strategies tend to fare better in the inflation fading framework. You might also consider small allocations to sector-specific products that have faced inflation headwinds, think maybe technology, communication services, and and consumer discretionary. And finally, take a closer look at your manager selection. There have been significant divergence in performance between products, even within the same Morningstar categories this year. And if you think about how we might be at an inflection point between rising inflation and falling inflation, and your manager selection process has been influenced by trailing outperformance, it stands to reason that now would be the perfect time to take some gains and shift some allocation to strategies that will help you outperform in this new lower inflation regime. That concludes our discussion on asset allocation and portfolio construction themes that can help position your portfolio for fading inflation. For more information on our research and methodology, please visit our website for a pair of web articles on the topics of inflation baskets and CPI components. And as always, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions, thanks for your continued partnership, and thanks for listening. Important information as of November 15th.
2022. This material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision at Solutions.com. Member SIPC, Pod November 23, 2022, Adtracks 5112306, 1, 1, Expiration Date, November 30, 2023.